so excited to let you guys listen to this podcast episode with my friend, theatrical talent agent, all around super dope dude, Jay Schechter. <laughs> I love you, brother. I love you too, man. So I, I'm dying. We, we did this about a year and a half ago, two years ago, and I never put out the episode. And I'm glad that we didn't put it out because now I get to catch up with you all over again. Absolutely. I think secretly it was because I dropped too many F-bombs, but fuck that. We're doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So you have this incredible story that I know. I, I want other people to know it. You... My origin story? You're talking about my your, origin Yeah, story? your superhero origin story. Jay Schachter. That's exactly what it is. Is that, yeah? Is that, you're asking me to tell that story now? Do you mind? Story. Sure, happy to. Um, so, Jay Schachter, his, his humble beginnings. Well, I started out, as you know, you know all of this, as an actor. Uh, I started as an actor here in New York, did a couple plays in New York. Uh, decided to move to L.A. because that's what you do when you're an actor apparently moved to LA I got an agent I got a manager and they both sucked <laughs> uh, I uh, you know they were I, they did they sucked but they were commensurate with my talent as an actor so <laughs> you, sucked. Really, you sucked too. I, okay. I sucked as well I didn't really know what I was doing I just thought yeah. you know hey I'm a pretty face let me put it in front of the camera and the rest will fall into place and right. obviously 25 years later I know that that's not how it works uh, so I, uh, I fired them, fired them both. And I started managing myself. My, my legal name, my real name is not Jay Schachter. It's Jason Makeley, as you know. And, uh, Schachter is my mother's maiden name. It was my grandmother's name. And I took that name because my grandmother was a big oh, influence I, on me. I didn't know that. I legitimately yeah. just thought it was like you were searching the yellow pages and, and came a across the name. Jew, a nice Jewish sounding name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't hurt in Hollywood to have nice... Okay, so name. what does it mean when you say you started managing yourself? So I, uh, like I said, I took the name Schachter. I showed him Jason the J and I took Schachter and I was my client. I printed up uh, business cards. I, uh, <laughs> I got a DBA. I, you know, I created a management company and, um, and I started submitting myself. And this was back in the days of, you know, uh, hard copy headshots, black and white headshots and, yeah. uh, and all that. And, uh, and I would, uh, you know, find roles, submit myself for roles. And uh, I, you know, I couldn't afford messenger service at the time. Was, uh, was it the go-between? No, there was another, there was a messenger service that was right on La Brea, Brea or Formosa maybe, I don't know. Anyway, um, and it was like five bucks a package or something like that. And I couldn't, you know, that was yeah. like, that was too rich for me at the time. So I drove them. I drove them around. Like I would drive my headshots around town and drop them off in the, in the, you know, at the drop boxes, all the casting offices had the little, you know, milk crate drop boxes out front. Then you would leave them. And of course I'd try and, you know, <laughs> drop it slowly. You know, like when you put a tip in the tip jar, you want to make sure they saw you, that you did it. You know, that's how I, in case they saw me and like, Oh, this guy's perfect. Let's get the messenger, you know? And, uh, and uh, I did that for a while. I was waiting tables at the same time. And Did you get yourself uh, any auditions through that? I did. I did. Uh, I remember, uh, I think I auditioned for Entourage once back in the day. And um, like maybe the pilot for, it might have been like the pilot for Entourage. Oh, wow. It was like, it was like uh, you know, I was like uh, hotel desk desk clerk or something, you know, it was yeah. like, you know, it was like shitty co-star. Uh, let me ask you this. If, cause if I were doing that, I would also probably pretend to be my manager and call and ask for feedback. Did uh, you do that? I, I did occasionally, but like I said, I, I literally came from New York. I knew nothing. I was making it up as I was going. I was very intimidated by the thought of calling casting directors. And anytime someone would call, you know, for an appointment for Jason Makeley, you know, I was, I would get on and off really quickly because I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was, I was literally making it up and I was going and I didn't know anybody in that side of the business other than my former agent and manager to like, you know, guide me. And I was kind of, but I was getting a lot of appointments for myself. Um, and, uh, you know, and I was 
pitching here and there, you know, as much as I could. And this is really, you know, before email was really a thing or, you know, uh, and, uh, I was, like I said, I was waiting tables and the, the people I was waiting, there was a guy that I was waiting tables with and I had my, my cell phone, my flip phone in my, in my apron, you know, and I would take the call. I had it on vibrate. And if it vibrated, I would go out to the bathroom or back behind the restaurant and, and, uh, the daily grill, uh, on, uh, what was it? La Cienega? Yeah. Maybe? yeah. yeah. Um, and this guy was waiting tables and he's like, man, you get, you, your, your manager gets you a lot of, uh, auditions. Like, can you hook me up? And I said, <laughs> sure, man. Boom. <laughs> That's it. You're in. <laughs> it's me. So I started managing this guy and then, you know, two people became four people became eight people. And, uh, I quickly realized that I was much better at doing that than I was at acting. Yeah. So I transitioned to that. And I was making a couple bucks here and there. And, um, and, uh, and I, uh, so I started doing that full time and, um, and I joined the talent managers association and then I got elected to the board of directors. I was there for a while. And, uh, and then I started, you know, this way, that way, whatever, a few things happened. And then I started a talent division. I, one of the clients that I had was a director and he directed a National Lampoon movie. Oh, wow. Uh, and um, through him, I got to know the, uh, the CEO of Lampoon at the time was a guy named Dan Lakin, a really nice guy. Uh, and uh, I said, why don't you have a talent division here? You know, like all these other companies, Three Arts and Principato and everything, they, you know, they, they have, uh, they produce and they rep everybody and they have a talent department as well. You don't have any talent department and you're just licensing out the name and, you know, he said, come over and do it. So I was, uh, I was sharing a space at the time on Melrose, a couple blocks down from the improv, um, an office space that I was renting with a, a guy named Brad Warshaw, who used to be an executive at CBS. He was a manager now. And uh, I said, listen, I'm going to do this lampoon thing. You want to come with me? So he came with me. We went over there wow. and, um, and uh, started lampoon talent group. Is what Dude, talk about making things happen for yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, crazy. You just got to go for it, man. Yeah. Um, so so at, did, at lampoon, you were managing their artists or no we brought it we we they didn't have any they i got you know once i got in there it was there was no structure to the company you know it was uh -huh. just uh, kind of you know fractured entities all over the place kind of doing their own thing and yeah we quickly realized that so we were our own autonomous little thing working under the lampoon banner you know yeah um, it was we were we moved into the office on sunset remember they had a, next to where the old Dublin's are across from, uh, yeah. Marmont, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, where, you know, they had that big lampoon head world headquarters sign out front yeah. and everything. And, uh, and we were doing, our, we brought our, our own clients over and we would signed our own clients there. And, you know, and I was there, uh, I was there for a while. And then, uh, the CEO got arrested by the, by the FBI. Oh, did not know that. Yeah. He, uh, yeah whatever it was he was doing, <laughs> he shouldn't have been doing. And, uh, you know, I looked at Brad and I said, I, I think let's dust my resume off and see what else is out there. And, uh, you know, got a, considered, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I got offered a position at uh, Maverick artist agency in LA mm -hmm. was just a commercial agency and they wanted to start a theatrical division. So Brad, who's a was the agency he's a great guy hired me to come and um run the theatrical division i did that for four or five years and then i was offered an opportunity at prestige uh to be the vp over there and i went over and i brought my who was my assistant at the time serafina uh -huh. you know serafina monaco uh who i knew when i um when i was at maverick we shared we had an office on hollywood and vine and deb aquila her office was was back to we were back to back, and Sarafina was uh, was an assistant there, and their taping room was across the hall from their waiting room, and the waiting room was if you were sitting in the if you came out of the men's room in the hallway, you were you and looked straight ahead, you were looking directly into the waiting room 
of uh, Quill and Wood casting, right? And then, but across the hall from the waiting room was their taping room. So I'd see Serafina in the hall ushering all the people back and forth, you know, and she was always so friendly and just always had a hustle and, and uh, just, it stuck in my head. And then when I was hiring an assistant a couple years later, I remembered her and I reached out to her and, and she was working in casting, uh, I think with Barb McCarthy maybe at the time. Anyway, and she came over and uh, and and she was my assistant. She was uh, she was the best assistant. Yeah, she certainly one, moved one her way. Yeah. Moved her way up in that world right now. I she's remember. Doing great. Yeah, she's doing great, and good for her. And she should because she's great. I remember the moment when I knew um, <laughs> that her time as my assistant was coming to an end, one way or another, because. Uh, uh, I was in my office and I heard the front desk, you know, say transfer you to Jay's office now. And, um, and, uh, and then I just kind of put it out of my head. I figured, okay, she's going to, you know, transfer it over to me, whatever. And then a few minutes went by and then I heard her hang up the phone and I said, who is that? And she it was some, some, I remember, I don't remember who it was, but I remember thinking it was a big, big office that, you know, and she said, who is that? And then she said, it was so-and-so big casting director. And I said, well, didn't they want me? And she looks right at me and she goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew like, and she handled it. And I didn't, yeah. you know, usually in those situations, you kind of go into like, well, oh, what did she say? What did she want? And I didn't have any of that. I said, you know what, man? Like in my head, whatever it was, she handled it. And I don't have any second, I'm not second guessing it whatsoever. I know that she handled it with perfection, you know? Um, and then, you know, so when I went to prestige, uh, she came with me and that we made her an agent and she ran our youth division over there mm -hmm. and, uh, and she was great. And then, uh, I was at prestige and we were doing really great at, at prestige. I mean, we put a lot of people on series and put some films and we were rocking and rolling for an agency that was only like a year old. We, we had a lot of momentum going. And then out of the blue, Harry Abrams called me and uh, offered to take me out to breakfast, which is what Harry does. And, uh, and I loved Harry. You know, I, I'd never worked for him, but we'd crossed paths and I invited him out to lunch one time years before and we got to know each other. And I, I, I sought him out because I had always thought of him as an icon in the industry. You know, 40 years he had his company. He never had to take on a partner, never had to take on any outside investors. You know, and he, he ran that company through however many strikes and recessions and everything. Yeah. You know, um, you know, so one time I invited him out to lunch and he gave me his whole story about how, you know, it started in the mailroom here and then he was a lawnmower salesman in the Midwest and uh, so anyway, so Harry called me instead of making some changes, you know, you wanted to have breakfast. I said, I said, yeah, of course. Like, you know, one of my core business philosophies is never say no to a free meal. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Harry took me out to lunch, out to breakfast. And, uh, you know, and I, I said, look, just so you know, like, I'm not looking for a job. I'm very happy where I am. But of course, I'd love to, you know, see you and hear what you have to say. Anyway, and he offered me, a, he made me a good offer. And just the, uh, you know, the opportunity to work with and for him, I thought was too good to pass up. And I told everybody a procedure. I was very upfront with them the whole time that I was considering it. And then when I finalized it, you know, it was a very amicable, usually when you, when you leave an agency, you know, you give your two weeks, but they walk you out the door that day. Uh, I, I stayed my whole two weeks, you know, um, uh, at prestige and, uh, and it was great. And I left, we left on good terms and, I still hold those guys in high regard. Um, and then I went to Abrams and I was in the LA office for two and a half years. And then uh, I decided I couldn't stay in LA anymore. I just had enough of LA yeah. uh, for all the myriad of reasons that anybody comes to that decision. Yeah. Seasons being one of them. I just missed seasons. Yeah. And by this time, you had gotten married and started a family, right? Yeah, I was, I'd been married for a while. I got married while um, while I was still a manager, and then oh wow, uh, yeah, and then had our first daughter uh, at, when I was at Maverick, Sophia, and then uh, when I when we decided to leave LA, my wife was pregnant with our second daughter, Leia, Princess Leia. 
and uh, you know, Harry, nobody knew because it was only we were only a few months along at the time, but we made the decision that we were going to do it. And I swear to God, Seth, like between the time that we said, okay, let's move. And the time we lived in New York was six months. Mm. Like I just, I didn't have a house, you know, we didn't have a place to live. I hadn't even told my boss yet. You know what I mean? That I was, yeah. uh, but we just said, we got to fucking do it, man. Like yeah. I can't, I can't take it. The, the drive was killing me. You know, we lived in Santa, we bought a house in Santa Clarita and we lived out there and it was a great house. And when I was there, it was great. But, and when I was at the office, it was great, but everything in between sucked, yeah. you know, it's 23 miles from our off or my house in Santa Clarita to our office at the PDC. And it took me an hour and a half each way to get there uh, here. Yeah. I live in the country outside 60 miles outside of New York city. And my uh, office is in times square. And it takes me an hour and 25 minutes to get to the office every day. And I, and 45 minutes of that is on the train, you know? Like, so I can sit, I can relax, I can read scripts and everything. And, it, and it, it's the Hudson line that goes right along the Hudson river. So yeah. it's like, a, I mean, it's. So that commute, that commute you're actually enjoying as opposed to the same amount of time in it. your car. I love the train. Cool. I love it. Yeah. So then and, you, you know, sorry, go ahead. Uh, the last couple of minutes is, you know, I, uh, I bike through the city. You know what I mean? I get, I take Come a city on. bike from the train station to the, to the office. You in know? your so, agent's suit and tie? Uh, we're very, we're casual. Okay, good. Cause uh, I prefer you being casual. I was thinking about this today. Like it must be great being home to work where you don't have to dress up, but if you don't have to dress up going to the office, that's dope. I mean, you gotta, you know, we don't wear shorts and flip flops. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, so were you nervous nervous telling your superiors at Abrams? Like, look, I got to get out of town. Yeah, of course. You never know what's going to happen, but I knew, uh, you know, I've, I, I, I told you my circuitous, you know, journey and, uh, I, I, I've always relied on my, you know, my own personal fortitude to make sure that, you know, I could withstand anything. And I knew if I stayed in LA, it, it wouldn't have ended well, you know, yeah. I would have yeah. just been fucking miserable. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I, I had an idea, you know, that it would be okay. And I, because Harry and I had a great relationship, yeah. and I still keep in touch with him, and I adore that guy. I think he's, I just think he's the best. Now here in LA, like all the casting directors and managers and other agents, they know you, they love you, you have a great reputation. Out in New York, was it kind of like starting over? You had to get to know everybody. It was. A, I had to get to know them better. <clears throat> you know, having been had my own management company and then at Maverick, I was the only, I mean, when I first started at Maverick, it was just me and I didn't even have a proper assistant. We, I had a couple interns and then finally we hired a, uh, an assistant, Tracy Wynn, who you- I love know, Tracy. Tracy right? yeah, I love Tracy. She's great. Yeah. Uh, she was a great assistant also, you know, so, so it was just me. So I covered everything. Literally, I covered every casting office on both coasts for every client. Mm. It was fucking brutal, man. Like, you know, in retrospect, uh, I'm glad it happened because it's it's helped to mold me into the agent that I am today. And I when I say I know and like the guys that I work with, the people I work with, you know, when somebody, if we're meeting a client or something and they say, do you know so-and-so, they'll all look at me and say, Jay knows everybody, you know, like that. <laughs> and it's kind of, and it's kind of a joke, but it's true. I do. I literally know everybody because I've covered every single office on both coasts. So there were a lot, you know, so I knew everybody and, and had interacted with everyone at one time or another, but you know, there, there was that definitely that concern. Like if I go to, and you're right, like in LA, my relationships were all so strong and I knew everybody and you'd see everybody in lunch and everything. And at the Artios Awards, you know, right, which, right. I, which I love, I love, uh, well, I love the, the cocktail hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, so there was that concern when I came here, would, would it work? But of course, like at the same time, I, I knew I'd, I'd work it out. Yeah. And then how did the move to Stewart come about? Because right now you are the head of film and television at Stewart yeah. Talent. I mean, I, I learned that on Deadline. That My friend was on Deadline. That's dope, <laughs> man. Thanks, man. Uh, so, you know, Harry sold Abrams a couple of years ago and 
the short story is that they made some changes and let a bunch of us go. And I was one of those people. I wasn't happy about it at the time, obviously, but in, in retrospect, it worked out better than I could have possibly imagined. I met around, met a few agencies, considered going back into management, considered opening up my own agency, but through a, a friend of mine, manager named Matthew Lesher, another guy who I, love I Matt. adore, yeah. uh, he introduced me to Tim Marshall, who is the managing director at Stewart. And this was when I was still at Abrams. This was months and months before they let me go. Um, you know, he, we, we got along immediately. We got along well. So he introduced me to Don Burge, who's the owner and we got along well. So when this went down, I called them up. I said, Hey, listen, you know, I know we were talking in a kind of a casual way, but you know, if you're interested, let's make this happen. That along with a couple of other agencies that I was talking to and, uh, and they made me an offer. And I just felt like, you know, I'd worked in, when I started at Abrams, it was, you know, small and we'd expanded while I was there. And then when Harry sold it, they expanded even further. So I knew what the corporate thing was like, you know, even though Abrams is technically a, considered a boutique agency, they're moving towards that corporate atmosphere <clears throat> and that bigger agency mentality. And I, I, I it wasn't knew for you. Yeah. it wasn't for me, man. Uh, and I liked those guys and I'd been, I've been doing this long enough that I can at least on some level dictate how and with whom I'm going to work. I'm not, I'm not desperate to just take a job just because I need a job. You right. know? Like I want to work with people that I want to work with. That includes clients. You yeah. know? And, that, and that's how it is. And we, when I moved to uh, Stewart, we were in a, a, a small office that they'd been in for 15 years on like 58th and, and 9th or 10th or something like that. And, uh, and it was cramped and small, but, but uh, we're moving to a new office. So while they were building out the, uh, the new office space in Times Square, right outside of Times Square, uh, we, half of the agent, half of the, the, the entire theatrical department, we moved to WeWork. <clears throat> and then the rest of the agency, the commercial voiceover, digital, everything stayed at the old office. So for, I think it was maybe three or four months, uh, we were in a WeWork space, just like one of those one room, six of us in that WeWork. And we didn't kill each other. And we actually got along great. And the, the space sucked. The elevator was terrible. Yeah. There were a lot of weird people in, in the mutual, you know, in the shared kitchen. And, yeah. You know, and you had to book the conference room for meetings and all that stuff. And that's kind of sucked. But like the six of us together in this tight cramp, we had a great time. And, and we loved it. And when we finally moved into the new space, we were all like, you know, this is great. We can't wait to get out of here. And we can't wait to see our, our awesome, our space is awesome. But at the same time, we we're like, we're never going to, we're never again, again, going to have an opportunity where we're all like cramped in a room together like this. And I'm, it's like summer camp. Like I, I'm going to miss it, you know? And uh, it yeah. was a little bittersweet. Yeah. What What is the difference that you found between working as an agent in New York versus Los Angeles? Is it a different different beast because it's a, a theater town? Or I'm trying to picture what my life would be like if I moved there. It's, uh, you know, I know a lot of people listen to this, so I have to. No, literally, there's like 16. <laughs> Choose my words. I, I you know, I, 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 I have a lot of things that over time have become cliches to me, things that I say. And one of those, one of those things that I say is that if somebody gets an audition, an actor gets an audition one of two for one of two reasons, one, because of them, two, because of me, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. if, if the actor is substantial enough that they're warrant in an audition or they have the right look or whatever, then they're going to get called in for the audition absence of number one default to number two it's my relationships that's yep. going to get you into it. and your my, reputation yeah my reputation my passion for you and my ability to pitch you in whatever way or or even just the some sheer fact of you know i can just call somebody up and say hey i need you to see somebody to, you know for me for this and they'll say sure send them tomorrow you know like that kind of thing um so in la 
a pitch is is he just did a magnum pi he just did a you know uh, uh ozark he just did a she just did a whatever she's got this movie coming out see see them okay you know what i mean in la and in that's la in new york it's i saw this guy in uh mean girls on broadway and he just blew my mind i, I was on the edge of my seat and, you know, and I was hanging on every word and he's like so handsome and he commands the sage or it's I was watching so and so and I thought this person was just fantastic. Their performance, you know, it's more about the actor. It's more about the acting of the actor and not, not the just their resume. resume, not yeah. just their resume. Interesting. You know, you can. You, that's why when we sign people out of showcases, you know, school shows, showcases, you know, we say you're, you're if you move to L.A., <clears throat> the likelihood of there's more volume, you know, so it's a better numbers game there. But if you want somebody to see you for your talent, stay in New York, you know, you're, you'll get in the rooms. The people will, will, they'll pay attention to you. You know, you'll get, um, you'll get, you know, what, what I feel like it's supposed to be like as an actor. You know, like if you go on in an audition, like you're getting you're getting to perform that thing in front of people who are actually paying attention mm. to it. And this is not I don't mean it to be derogatory or disparaging towards L.A. people. It's there's so much volume there and it moves so quickly in L.A. Yeah. that they have to be boom, boom, boom. They have to kind of get them in and out, and, you know, and you lose yeah. you lose a little something in that. I think. Yeah. Well, Here that's. That definitely did not come across as disparaging. I mean, that's the nature of the business now out here. And it would be great. I do, because I do think of auditions as an opportunity to perform. And when you- It drives me crazy when yeah. when actors, I mean, I understand if you get to a certain level, you should be getting offers and stuff like that. But when you're just, when you're, when, when I was an actor, and the way I think of it is, you know, if you get five auditions in a week, that's five opportunities to perform five different characters. And if yeah. you're an actor because you love to act, why the fuck wouldn't you want to do that as many times as possible? Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. And there are people like, oh, another audition. Oh, my God, I have three today and two tomorrow. It's like, so what? Fucking suck it up, man. You yeah. know? Like, if you're a heart surgeon, you're not like, oh, God, I got to do another heart surgery today. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they must be complaining about the prep work, though, right? It's so hard to – the older I get, the harder it is to memorize something. Well, yes, I can appreciate that, and uh, and I wish I could say yes. That's it, but there are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of malcontents out there. So, what's a, a let's say a perspective actor in New York looks you up, hears this podcast, is like, I gotta meet this guy. <laughs> he sounds incredible, and he's I heard he's handsome as all fuck. <laughs> so, how, what does a meeting with you look like? Is it hey, just send me a reel. I'll figure it out later. Or is it like, let's now let's sit down and have a chat. I'll tell you when I was still an actor before I had an agent manager, I didn't, you know, I didn't know how to get one or whatever. So I did yeah. the, uh, you know, I, I read the uh, Hollywood one-on-one book or whatever it was. I got, you know, I get all these books that, that Samuel right. French, is Samuel French still No, it's there? gone. It's gone, huh? Oh, both locations. It's so sad. <sighs> With Sam French used to have, you could buy a, a packet of, labels with mm -hmm. all the agents and managers addresses on them right already pre-labeled you know again this is before like you know emails and, right, and stuff like right. that so i would get my headshots and i would print up argentum uh, <laughs> you know is argentum still around argentum still around yeah uh you know i print my headshots and my postcards and all that stuff and i would get you know 100 manila envelopes and i would write a cover letter and i would put my you know my headshot in there and i'd slap my samuel french label on it and kiss it and put it in the mail and say that's it man fucking this guy's gonna call me he's gonna see, read my cover letter he's gonna see my picture and he's gonna be like i gotta meet this guy uh of course that wasn't the case but yeah. right 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 uh so i say that because so i know what it's like for an actor to feel that way, to go through that effort, to put that email or note together or whatever, and you know, and send it off and hope for it. So when I get them, I I, I have to look at least look at it, at least a perfunctory glance at it. I don't just yeah. see subject line and see that it's an actor submission and just delete it. You know, like I at least yeah. give it a look, 
and you know, I, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not dismissive of any age, gender, ethnicity, type, or whatever. But I know what I respond to. So if it's not in that pocket, uh, I'll delete it or not, or you know, or whatever pass it on or if it's or if I know one of the other agents response to it I might forward it on to them or something like that but the point is like I look, I look at all of them so you say what <clears throat> what's a meeting like with me mm-hmm. well if you're coming in I, I will have already you know had some idea about you you know what I mean whether it's you know your look or, or if you had a reel I will watch your reel or whatever so it's just we get to know each other you know like that's that's really the nexus of the agent client relationship. If you've gotten to the point where I'm representing you, the, the talent is not in question. You know, right? Uh, it's the rest of it, and I want to make sure that we can get along together. Because, like I said, <clears throat> I I had an agent manager, and I couldn't give I couldn't give the control of the business side of the career over to them. I didn't trust them to do it. So if somebody says I'm gonna I want you to be Jay Schachter to be my agent. I don't, it's not a responsibility I take lightly because I couldn't do that. I couldn't give that up to somebody else. So I have to be really invested in this person and we have to have, uh, we have, we have to be able to get along with with each other on a personal level as you know, because the assumption is that the business part is going to be there already. Right. My my part and their part. What are the departments that you guys have at Stewart? We have uh, the theatrical department, which is film, television, and theater. And our, not now, of course, because Broadway is closed, but our theater department is incredible. Nice. Like, I, didn't, I wasn't aware until I came over here the strength and depth of the, the talent roster in the, the, I mean, we have, you know, we have the reigning Tony winner for lead actress as a client, multiple Tony nominees and winners, and, you know, and, you know, older iconic you know theater actors and burgeoning superstars you know on the roster so we have that we have the film television and theater uh we have a voiceover department we have a digital department we have uh on-camera commercial department um we have offices in la new york chicago and atlanta wow we have we have a um i'm not well, well we have a gaming department um, during this, I, people keep asking, you know, like everybody's during these, you know, the quarantine pandemic times, like, oh, how's it going with a kind of like, a, you know, oh, you know, so sad. Answer. And I feel bad when people ask me that because it's been going fucking great for, for not just for us, but for me, like I've spent yeah. the last year, you know, you know, I have two young daughters and my wife and like I live in a huge house in the country you know what I mean and like I've gotten to spend this time with them I've gotten to spend the last year with my girls and they're eight and three about to be nine and four I mean like you know you can't there never there'll never be another time in my life where I'll be able to spend that much time with them and you know that's a first yeah (laughs) for the first few months it was really kind of like nobody knew what was happening and agencies were closing and people were getting laid off and it was you know don did a remarkable job to keep us you know afloat and keep everybody on staff with a few minor you know exceptions and um and then once things started to kind of balance out and you know projects started getting on the books and things like that we we kind of hit the ground running immediately like i think you know in like june or july we put two people on series and wow. you know and have been kind of we've been busy ever since you know so when people ask like how's it going like it's, it's, it's been going great knock on wood like i hope we can i hope we can do as well this year you know relatively speaking as we did last year you know because yeah. it, it it was bad and then you know as you know like they promoted me to the head of the from the television departments. And is is that for the New York office or do you oversee the film and television of all of your offices? We're still ironing out the details of, of what it means. Of Lord J. Schachter. <laughs> that's funny. My wife just called me Lord J. No, yeah, that's today. so funny. 
because we have, uh, you know, we have a huge backyard, like two acres, you know, in the country here. And whenever I'm not working, whenever I'm out there clearing the way, and, you know, I, I, did I tell you, I got chickens No. In the, in the, when the, in March or April last year, I got uh, little baby chicks and then I built my, by, by hand, I built a coop. I'll send you some pictures. Yeah. I'd love to see it. I, I you getting eggs? Coop. Yeah. We just started getting eggs. So uh, I built that and then the chickens got big. So I built a bigger coop and then I got a couple of ducks and then we got some guinea hens and then I got a couple of rabbits yeah. and then I built like this huge, like 20 by 25 enclosure, you know, that the girls can go in and hang out. And I got oh, like a petting zoo. Yeah. It's a little, <laughs> yeah, it's nice. like a pet petting zoo. Last time I saw you was in Los Angeles. You were winning the, Talent Agent of the Year at the Seymour Heller Awards presented by the Talent Managers Association. Correct. I, I feel like you a shout out. You gave me a shout out. That made me yeah. feel pretty spectacular, actually. You are, you are spectacular. You should, oh, you should feel spectacular on a daily basis. That makes me feel great coming like for you, dude. Um, I feel like you're a shoe-in anytime you're nominated. I feel I feel bad for all the fucking agents in that category because uh, Jay Shack is there. I appreciate that, but I've been nominated five times and I've only won twice, so. Oh, really? <laughs> Damn, <laughs> shut my theory down. Because you're a part of that group, is that what makes you feel like, this is important enough for me to fly across country for? Because I think you were like there for the night. I, I was there for the night. Well, that's funny. I, I actually was there for a week, the week before, because I fucked the date up. Right. It was like, no. yeah, yeah, it was like on the ninth or something. And I, it was on the 19th. And I thought the night, like I screwed the date up. So I went out a week early, you know, I saw, you know, Gail and Bonnie and all the people that I see when I, you know, and, and but the day before I flew out, I looked at the dates and I went and I said, Oh my God, I fucked this up. Like I, oh, no. I'm coming out a week before the thing. So I talked to Don, the owner. I tell him, I told him, I said, I said, this is what I, I would like to do if you're cool with it. I still go out for this week and do everything I was going to do. Cause I had a full week, like a busy week plan. And then, uh, and then I'll just fly out for the night for the things like, yeah, that's fine. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I did. And, and to answer your question, yes. Like I do have an affinity for that organization. It's all completely different people, not completely different. There are a few, but you know, I haven't been a member for 12, 13 years, or yeah. maybe even more. I don't know. Um, so a lot of different people, a lot of the same faces I always see, you know, Paul uh, Bennett and Steve Nash. And, um, and you ever think about trying out another city again? Or are you oh, content with New York? I love New York. I mean, I work, you know, I work in the city and I live in the country. And when I say I live in the country, like if it were light outside, I'd turn my thing around. Uh, you know, like... Uh, I, I have two acres in like some of the most, we went to last year, we went to Nova Scotia. My, you know, I took the family and we drove to Nova Scotia and we we're driving and, uh, and it's spectacular up there, you know, and gorgeous. And I was driving and I turned to my wife and I say, isn't, isn't this gorgeous? She's like, yeah, but it looks like where we live, you know, I, like that's, that's where I live. Yeah, I yeah. live in, you know, in the mid Hudson Valley region, which is just spectacularly yeah. gorgeous. I mean, unparalleled in the fall when the leaves start to change and the spring and summer, and then, you know, even the winter is great. So I have the best of both worlds. I have, you know, the city during the day. I mean, this is during normal times, of course. And then I come home and I got the country and, you know, I love to fish and I love to be outside. And yeah. I mean, I, you know, I have a, forest in the back and a, a pond in the back and you know i have a neighbor on one side only because the rest of the other you know is just completely wooded you know amazing spectacular man. and i love seeing photos of your place in the snow like it's pretty yeah. dope man yeah I, I always ask this of talent reps when i speak with them because i am an actor who has gone worked with many different agents and many different companies and i always ask about like what's that like when an actor tells you they're leaving but you are, are a bit of a different situation different perspective from me because you brought me as a client to into prestige and then you got the job at abrams and left and i you were unable to bring me with you and so i feel like i got that in i understand that <laughs> feeling in reverse yeah. and that feeling wasn't as tragic 
as I was expecting. I was expecting it to be like, oh, fuck, this is, he thinks I suck and whatever. But it was more like, I, I wish I could go with them, but good for him. That's dope. Yeah. Is that how you feel with the actors who say it, that to you? In the beginning, it was like, fuck them. How can they fucking do this to me? Yeah. You know, but as you, as I've, and, you know, as I've grown in my job here, um, it doesn't happen as much anymore. And when it does, it's probably for legitimate reasons. Either they've, I've lost interest in them and it shows, you know, um, or another opportunity. I had, I had a client um, who uh, I put him in a big Marvel movie, you know, and, uh, and like that, you know, like I, I didn't put him in it. I, I opened the doors for him to get the job. That's very important distinction to make. Like, I don't get anybody a job. I get them, I give them the opportunity to get themselves a job. Anyway, he got this job. And it, you, you could tell, you know, his career was on the trajectory and everything. And then um, he had the opportunity to go to CAA, you know, and, but it didn't, it wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to, he called me, Hey, I'm going to CAA and I'm leaving tomorrow. <clears throat> there was for what, there were other circumstances, but there was a transition period of a few months, but he told me about it through the whole thing. And through the whole thing, he's, you know, he's kept, he said, it's not a done deal either. Like, I know that I wouldn't even have this opportunity if it weren't for you, the work that you did to get me to this point, you know? Yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then at one point as when it was getting closer, he called and asked me and he said, he said, look, man, what do you think? Do you think I should do this? You know? And I said, look, like you're, I'm the, you're at a point in your career that very, very few people ever achieved you're on the precipice of being a major entity to tv star movie movie star because you know i know we want to do this you you could be a, a you know an a-list movie star mm. you know, you're like right there ca is the biggest agency in the world you know they have the resources to make that happen for you uh whether or not they bring them to bear on your behalf is a different story but this is an opportunity and given where you are and you're, you know, right on the precipice of that, like you have to take that opportunity. You have to do it. I, if you stay with me, I will fucking bust my ass. I will open as many doors for you as I can, you know, and with, you know, what you've achieved for yourself, that'll be easier. And, you know, I'm not afraid to call somebody I don't know and anybody I do know, I'll call them twice, you know, like <laughs> that kind of thing. But there's, there is a level that, that, will be available to you at, at there that, that I just don't have, you know, I was at Abrams at the time. And, uh, you know, I said, so you got to do it. What, what are they, you're asking me what you should do? You got to do it, man, you know? And, uh, you know, it was quiet for a minute. He said, and that's, that answer is what makes this decision so difficult, you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> Because right. like, you know, but he, he went and there were no bad hard feeling. And I said, you know, look, if you get there, they don't take care of you call me up and just pick right back up, you know? Yeah. Um, and, awesome. you know, and he's a great guy and we're good friends and we keep in touch. Uh, and he signed a poster of the, of the movie for me. <laughs> uh, you know, so that's the thing. So there, so how is it when a client leaves you that there's all different scenarios? Right. I repped, I repped a, um, a comedian. He was a big, big comedian in his day. Like when he was in his heyday, he was the biggest comedian in the world at the time. And then I took, got him later on in life and got him some really good opportunities and put him in a movie that put him back, you know, in the thing. And he was just never happy. You know, if I got him one, he wanted two. If I got him two, he wanted four. You know what I mean? It was like, no matter what it was. And, um, and there was one phone call where he, you know, we were on the phone and we were yelling at each other and everything. And I opened myself, opened my mouth to say, go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? We're going to be the next. And he, and he, he knew it was coming. <laughs> he fired me. Like, you know what I mean? Like he jumped in, you know, and said like, 
needs like you're like you're fired like i don't need you anymore like and i was like oh i was so pissed i was so pissed that i didn't get to tell him to go i still told him to go fuck himself <laughs> by the way yeah, but i didn't yeah. get to tell him yeah. i didn't get to tell him that i was dropping him as a client before he fired me man but that was but that was yeah like, that kind of thing sounds like miserable to work with somebody oh, like miserable. even though they're going to bring some money in like maybe yeah. it's not worth your patience it, you know I, at this point in my career too. And there have been people that I've been presented with that I knew I would make money from, but you know, you file them and the life is too short. Folder. Yeah, totally. You know, I, I don't have to take those clients anymore. Yeah. I don't want to, and I don't want to be in a position where, where I'm resenting them, you know, yeah, I get it. And there, you know, and there's a lot of them out there. It's unfortunate, you know. You see these people that have been around for a long time, and you and you wonder. I used to like to take those kind of, um, you know, reclamation projects. You know, actors that I maybe was a fan of back in the day, or or had followed their career, and just never, you know, why aren't they? They're so talented. Why aren't they at a different place? And then you work with them, and you're like, oh, that's why. You know. Uh, and I, yeah. I used to take on a, a lot of them because I thought I'm Jay Schachter. I can do anything. And for the most part, that's true. I is but, true. <laughs> but after a while, you say, you know what? It's not worth the effort, you know? Because yeah. even if you do make something happen, they don't appreciate it. No. You don't appreciate shit, Jay. Fuck them. Bro, the uh, Zoom is going to hang up on us soon. But I, I'd like to ask you this before it does. I, you know, I'm cheap. I don't buy. I don't actually buy a subscription. Uh, um what makes a good client for you? What do you like to see in an actor that you work with? Uh, Seth Colton is the model. Ah, thanks, man. It, what makes a good client for me is what makes a good person in the, in the world. Like I just, I like, I like people that, you know, are happy and fun, and, you know, appreciate those around them. I don't need to pat on the back every five minutes, but yeah. you know, I want somebody who acknowledges that like, I, this isn't, this isn't, it's not an easy job by any stretch of the, of the imagination. It's easy for me because I inherently possess the skill set to do this job, you know? So I feel guilty when people say, man, you work so hard for your clients. And like, you always you bust your ass. It, <laughs> if it seems that way to you, great, but it doesn't yeah. feel that way to me. I know I work hard because people tell me I work hard, but I don't feel like I work hard because it does it it takes little to no effort to nature. Wow. You know, it's just who I am. I can work 12 hours a day and it feels like five minutes, you know? Wow. That's kind of impressive. I love what you said earlier about there are two parts to an actor getting an audition. There's the actor and there's you. And I really am hoping the actors that listen today are going to pay attention to that. Cause I certainly noticed when I'm at a different agency than I've, had been with before and all of a sudden I'm being called in by different casting directors. I still had the same talent and look that I did when I was at the other agency, mm -hmm. but the current agency has a different reputation with a different relationship. And I know I'm borrowing that. And then it becomes my job to live up to that. So absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. I hear a lot of actors, you know, when they're not getting auditions and they're like, ah, oh, my agent doesn't do anything. And I think they don't know what, it well, is like you know you can't you, you, you uh we're salesmen at the end at the end of the day yeah and we have to have something to sell conversely to what you're saying um you know you don't have to take an agent just because they want you you know what i mean when you're when you're in a meeting with an agent that's two it's a two-way meeting i'm interviewing you but you should also be interviewing me again the assumption if you're in the door should be that i can do the job of the job you know and then the rest is how we get along together. But you should do your homework on that agent before you walk in the door. And just because they have agent on their, on their, you know, door plaque or whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean they can do the job or that they're the right agent for you. So you should, you should, before you get in there, you should figure that out. And just because they say they want to represent you, you don't have to. You don't have to be represented by them. And you may not be ready. Sometimes you're not ready for an agent. Right. You know, because you again, an agent has to have something to sell. And if there's nothing to sell, uh, what are they? How are they going to do their job? You know, so take yeah. a little time, build up. You know, some give them some material. You know, something that they can use to get you out there. You know. Now, in your 
from your knowledge database of your career, when an, an agent tells an actor, like, you know, it's not the right time right now, but keep in touch. Does that really mean the actor should keep in touch? Or is that like a nice way of saying well, it's not going to Well, there's a couple answers to that. One is, yes, it's just a nice way of saying it. But two is, you know, you're hedging your bets because, you know, every agent has passed on a client that has then gone on to be successful. Every agent has had a client that they've let go for whatever reason that turned around and booked a series, you know, a week later. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like a thing like, you know... uh, uh, it, 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 now's not the right time, but hey, if you book a series, call me, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I got it. That makes sense. All right, dude. I think hold on, hold should... on. How much time we have left? I, I, it's not giving me the countdown, so I'm uh, waiting. For hold on, I want to get my, my daughter. Wanna, yeah, yeah, yeah. My daughter quick. Hold on. Yeah. Sophia, come here. I think she's going to be in trouble. <laughs> no, she won't be. Yeah. Hi, Sophia. I'm Seth. Can you? How are you? What? You're so pretty, and you look like you're so fun. She is a lot of fun. I think your dad is super awesome. Do you think that? He's right. Yeah. (laughs) I also. I thanks. I also heard that you get to play with like the chickens and the bunnies. And the guinea f- you're the luckiest kid ever. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to let you All guys right. go. Thanks for being awesome. I'm glad you guys have such a good life. I think you're amazing. And now that I know you, Sophia, I think you're amazing too. You'll be, you'll be interviewing her soon enough. I can't wait. Yeah. Sophia, are you an actress? No. Not yet. She's a singer though. <gasps> Sophia. Can I get you to sing something or is that too weird? <laughs> so soon, next time. Not yet, not yet. She's, next a, time. she's working on her, her Hamilton repertoire. Hamilton is the best. I know yeah. a couple, my favorite song from Hamilton is, oh, what's, what's the one the King sings? I forget it now. Oh, yeah. Um, You'll see. Is da, that what it's called? You'll be back. You'll be back. Right? All right, I'm going to say goodbye. You Anything awesome. for you, Steph. You know that. I know that. I appreciate that. I feel the All same right. way. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Respect. Bye, Seth. Bye. You're awesome. Bye. Thank you. Obsessed is the best podcast ever.